This is the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 16. First off, I have got to tell you, I am so, so blessed by the community that's being built at the Church Collective, and we want you to be a part of it. Seriously, if you're thinking about hitting that Join the Collective button, you really need to head over to thechurchcollective.com and hit Join the Collective. You really want to be a part of this, and we want you to be a part of it. It's just been so cool to give a voice to all these worship leaders and to just see what they're doing. We want to be able to connect you with a mentor. We want to hear about where you're going on the mission field and help you. We really just want to connect. We want to uh, connect you with other worship leaders and and help you fulfill your God-given calling. It's just super cool to be a part of it, so I want to invite you to head over to The Collective and uh, join us. This episode was a roundtable discussion with some awesome worship leaders, Carly, Eric, and Jeremy, and myself. We we talked about how to do a stripped-down worship set. What do you do when you don't have the full uh, production, and how do you do uh, an acoustic worship set? What does that mean? Um, and it was just a really great discussion. I had some fun with it, so I hope you enjoy it. Here we go with The Church Collective Podcast, episode number 16. service in our, our, our church services probably about every six weeks and we try to intentionally do it and we'll, we'll be very intentional about like doing different arrangements um, of the songs instead of just doing the high energy version of say a Hillsong song we'll, we'll look at their resources they've actually got a couple really cool uh, unplugged versions of their like a couple albums of unplugged music that, that we'll rely on and run to but what do you guys do in your church and, and probably before we go there we'll probably introduce ourselves I'm Ryan and Eric, you can introduce yourself here. Uh, I'm Eric Schlange. I'm a volunteer worship leader up here in uh, Kelseyville, California. Hi, I'm Carly Fowinski, and I'm a worship leader at Bayside Chapel in Barnegat, New Jersey. Cool. So let's start with you, Eric. What do you do um, for, say, an acoustic weekend? We, uh, we don't regularly schedule them at our church, but we end up doing them uh, pretty much for two reasons. One is uh, every year at uh, vacation Bible school time and often at or somewhere near Christmas time, like early December, we'll have a stage set that 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 removes the drums from the stage. Oh, wow. you know, everything's taken off. And it's just a lot easier to try to not fit a normal band setting into that setup. So we've we lead it there, and then every once in a while we don't, you know, our, we just don't have the availability of the band members, and we decide, well, let's just strip it down. Um, so that happens, you know, for us, it's probably only eh, maybe four to six times a year at our church we do something like that. Okay. What about you, Carly? Um, well, we do three services on a Sunday, and the first service is called the classic service, and that's supposed to be more acoustic-type music. So it's um, no electric guitars. Um, every now and then we have the bass in there. Um, if we have the drums, you know, he's not using real sticks. He's using brushes. Okay. So um, we're kind of making more unplugged acoustic-type arrangements of all of our songs every week. Okay. So is it, uh, I guess on the set list side, is it the same set? Uh, for we both started off tr- we started off trying to do um, different 
sets, you know, the first service, we might include one or two of the same songs, but we'd throw in another hymn or so that we weren't doing in the second two contemporary services. But um, it got to be a lot of work because we didn't have the extra rehearsal time. So we're trying to, you know, force rehearsal for a different set in on a Sunday morning. It just it wasn't happening, you know. So um, what we're doing now, though, is we are doing pretty much every week all the same songs, just arranging them different. Okay. That's a, a, an interesting challenge, yes. I would guess. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> um, you know, we are a 20-year-old church, so we had a lot of people who have been here from the beginning and are used to worship, you know, the way they've always done it. You know, a piano, maybe an acoustic guitar, um, you know, their same hymns with the choruses that they're familiar with. So as we kind of moved away from that, you know, they missed it. So um, the best way to kind of be able to reach everyone in our multi-generational congregation was to kind of do it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for the team, but it works out for uh, the people of the church. That's cool. That's good. What what do you do as a worship leader? Like, do you, do you find that you're shifting gears for like the way you lead those services? Um, it's definitely for me. We have three worship leaders at our church, so when um it's my weekend, the first service, I'm definitely a little more um reserved, I guess. And um, I started off, I guess, just doing it that way because I was almost afraid, I guess, of how they would perceive me if I wasn't, and then um, once I kind of got past that and realized that they love to worship just in their own way, um, I was less kind of, and once I got past it being about me, um, I was less worried about their perception of me and just kind of realized it was more of a reflective time of worship for them, Um, more just really, um, really making a point to pray those words that we're singing, um, really kind of kind of just checking in with them and even just realizing, you know, praying for the people who are sitting there and standing there. You know, it's um, it's not as celebratory and as I'd say the other two services are, so that's different. You know, there's a lot more clapping and moving and um, engagement, I'd say, in the other two services. Interesting. So uh, I guess for me, I'm, I'm curious, like, to actually, like, change the set. Like, could you give an example of, like, a recent song that you did and what you did to it to, to tweak it for that weekend? Um, well, yeah, last week we taught uh, In Jesus' Name, which was a new song for the whole church. It's a Darlene Chuck Israel Houghton song, um, you know, out of Hillsong, Australia. It's uh, a lot of electric guitars, um, really fun, you know, bouncy kind of song. And there's a huge drum solo just to start off the song. So in the acoustic set, you know, you can't really do that. Again, he's using brushes, <laughs> if that, you know. Um so we kind of just at that point had to have just a lot of the acoustic guitar driving it um, and kind of just dive right into the song. We kind of take out any solos, any long instrumentals, um, and just kind of, for most part, the acoustic guitar is the one driving the songs. Every now and then um, we kind of make a point to let the piano kind of be the lead instrument, but for the most part we let the acoustic do it. Hmm. Very cool. I guess in some way we have to, I think we all have slightly different definitions of what an acoustic set is, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, definitely not completely unplugged, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, it kind of, you know, not the ones right or wrong, but when you say acoustic set, does it mean, you know, you, you don't have an electric piano? At, at our church, pretty much, when I say 
when I say acoustic set, I mean we don't have room on the stage for a normal band. So it basically means no drums, no keyboard, and mm-hmm. you're pretty much stuck with, you know, you might have a bass player, probably not. It's pretty much an acoustic guitar. I've had, I played the stand-up kick sometimes <laughs> just to give a little bump in there. You might have two guitar players or a banjo or something, but it's nice. like real stripped down. Sure. Maybe a cajon. We've done it with a cajon too because those don't take up much room. Yeah. That's always like a good go-to instrument, and I've found that, that that's really easy. Even some of our guitarists can pick that up. And I mean, there's there's masterful cajon players, but if you're in a pinch and you don't have a percussionist, like sometimes you can get your guitarist on that cajon, and they can they can get it done. Yeah. 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 yeah well, Eric, I definitely um, I hear what you're saying in regards to you know those times during the year where you have to strip the stage down of everything. You know, we definitely I guess we're at the same kind of place where you are during vacation Bible school or. Um, Actually, our baptismal is under the drum riser. Wow. So anytime we have a baptism Sunday, there's no drums. So there's a it constant is... constant battle between salvation and yeah. drums. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we want more people to be saved, but we also want drums. Right. It's, right. It's a hard decision. <laughs> it's a healthy tension you need to strike in worship leading. That's funny. That's a, that's a unique, <laughs> unique problem to deal with. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, Jeremy McKee just hopped in here. Uh, well, right now, when we do in a quote-unquote acoustic set, it'll usually just consist of one guitar, um, a little percussion section, obviously like cajon or and like brushes on the snares, and then keyboard, and then we layer it out with more singers than we would normally have. So you do lot. We right now we do lots of harmonies and whatnot, that's and cool. so that's how we that's how we fill out the sound there. Um, more vocals, less instrument kind of feel. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, when we when we do, at least for my church, when we do unplugged or we, we scale them back, like vocals seem to be one of the first thing to fall off. Like I've not, I've not done, like I could see where there'd be huge value in getting like a real nice harmony parts and good like vocals, like really highlight them. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So. I, I, I've had a similar experience, Jeremy, with, with vocals. I found whenever we do acoustic sets and it's rare enough i think part of the issue is that it's so rare at our church that people love it i mean i without fail every time i've done one i get more positive feedback that sunday than you know than i've gotten in a long time and i think a lot of it is that you you've you've stripped out a lot of the sound and the and the vocals are real strong you know if i i especially i try to pick like a leader and probably usually just like two other singers who who can sing harmony decently and get a really strong vocal mix and a good percussive rhythm and if you can do that it's like and you can you can lead the tribe yeah. oh yeah they do they love that it's definitely you know i can just say from our first service of those people who kind of like that you know they even just want the volume down a little bit more than the other two services but having the vocals up and kind of those instruments just kind of behind the vocals mm. makes a world of difference to them it really does they love it and i think it's just because like a lot of people just like the change like if you yeah. do all this loud music with heavy drums and lots of electric guitar like i'll even admit that it gets kind of old after a while and mm. so the stripped down services actually i think really help especially like a congregation wise mm. i know we have a i live go ahead I, I led a, a few weeks ago at our church's annual women's retreat. I was the, uh, <laughs> I was not a woman, um, but I, our band was only uh, a keyboard, me with an acoustic guitar, <clears throat> two singing ladies, 
and uh, and I brought a on a whim. I brought us the kick of my my little Yamaha electric drum set that I had at my house. And last minute, I threw it in, and that thing made just a huge difference. If you don't, so I guess I'm saying this to let people know: if you don't have a cajon or a cajon player or someone to do that, which is great when you do, because there's so much sound you can get from those. Um, but just having a kick in there just makes a world of difference on, on any kind of an upbeat song. Just having a steady four on the floor, thump, thump, it's like, man, it drives it. And it's so easy to set up. Yeah. Yeah. But a little challenging to play if you're not used to it. Right. <laughs> a, little, a little weird if you're not used to doing it. I know when I do it standing up, my, my calf just starts killing me. Like, cause I just, like, yeah. I, I need to get the right foot pedal or something. I, I don't think I ever do it at the proper angle. Or the drum will actually start scooting away from me. And that, that's the fun little dance. Oh, yeah. That's like the yeah, pedal under the keyboard for me. Yeah. <laughs> I do a. I do a heel down playing, huh. so it's not my calf. What it is for me is it's my my leg that isn't playing. It's like it's holding everything up. Yeah, and I get to yeah. It definitely gets a little achy. <laughs> the, the, the first time I ever used the the stand up kick, I was playing banjo as well on nice. a stripped down set, and I was leading. And I remember I remember I got up there that Sunday morning, and I, I'm not nearly as comfortable on banjo as I am on guitar. I got up and then we start our kind of warm up before things go, and it suddenly hit me that I was so overcommitted in this set. I was leading, I was playing an instrument I wasn't comfortable with, and I was playing the kick, which I wasn't used to doing. It was. I told everyone afterwards. I got a lot of great feedback. There, there were no train wrecks, but people said, or people said it was good. And I told them I was on the ragged edge of falling apart that entire set. <laughs> That sounds and I'm usually not like that. I'm usually like the over-preparer kind of guy. And it was, whew. That's really funny. <laughs> Don't overcommit. <laughs> Don't overcommit. Yeah. So I, I know at my church, whenever we do do the unplugged things, it definitely is always like a, like you said, it's always well-received. Um, and I think it's part of the strip down. I think you get away from a lot of the, the uh, production of it when it's really just like a handful of people up there bringing it in not to say that you don't put effort into it because i know for us it, those are some of our weekends that take us more musical effort than anything to kind of pull it together um but for those listening what advice would you guys have for someone who's like you know what i'm going to do that like we're used to the high production service but you know in a couple weeks we're going to do a uh, stripped down set like what would be some of the core fundamental things you'd tell them i would tell them not to be afraid of it because it can be a lot of fun and um, you're going to have to get a little creative sometimes maybe with, um, with how you're using your, your team members, you know. Do you have, you know, maybe a guy who's usually playing electric, have him get on an acoustic, have two acoustics, you know. Work them out that way. Someone's got a lead line. Someone's playing rhythm on the acoustics. It's pretty. It's really, it's great to do that. Um, maybe even challenge your keyboard or piano player uh, a little bit. Have fun with your percussion. You know, I think sometimes we're afraid to change the song from how we're so used to hearing it. But um, I think, you know, changing up a little bit is great. And I would say, me as a vocal person, though, just pay attention to your vocals. You know, give a little bit of extra time to doing those harmonies. Do your three-part harmonies if you can. You know, if you've got girls that know how to do that, you know, use them. Uh, you know, and even then in those services, you can actually have... A, everybody kind of singing together more at the same time. You don't have to really kind of separate out so much from the leader singing every single thing and everybody else just kind of joining in on the choruses, you know? Yeah. 
I think to piggyback, piggyback off that, um, definitely creativity, I think, comes into play a lot. I mean, to just go off what Carla said, don't be afraid to be creative. I mean, use a different instrument that you won't normally see on your normal Sunday services, as well as use what you have differently. Run your acoustic guitar run your acoustic guitar through your electric guitar pedal board and see what sounds you get. I mean, obviously minus like the overdrives and stuff like that, but an acoustic guitar with an octave effect on it with a little bit of reverb is actually really cool, but you have to try it to figure it out and to see how you can use it for that service. Um, those, I, I like all the, all that's been said so far. I'm trying to figure out what I could add to it. One is, I think uh, getting getting a guitar player who can play really percussively hmm. is huge. Yeah. Some guitarists just can't. You know, they they're great at other stuff, but if you can get someone who can really lay down that kind of a snare feel, um, it goes miles in the right direction when you're trying to do a, an upbeat type song. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I would say is, is every time I've done a every time I've shrunk the band, where there's only typically two or three on stage. I will, I'll actually say something to the congregation, not like they need to be notified that something's different because it's obvious, but I'll say, hey, we're, it's, it's stripped down this week. And I'll, usually what I'll do is I'll refer to them as the floor band. I'll say, okay, so we have a stage band up here. You'll notice we're kind of small. We need you. You're our floor band. <laughs> we need you to, to sing loud. We need you to clap on these upbeat songs because we're, it's a stripped down band this week. And just, just inviting them and encouraging them to, Put a little more energy into this. We, sure. we need your help. And it, it seems like that's always helped. Yeah, that sounds like a really good, just from a worship leader perspective, to really help your congregation understand that, you know, you're part of this. Like, we're, we're coming together. There's there's this line that we too often have between the worship band and the congregation where it's like we're doing something like a service, a performance for the crowd there, when really that's not what it's about. It's really just a handful of people that have instruments in their hands and, and other people in the crowd, and we're all doing this together. That's That's really good. Yeah, that's, that's a good comment because I can see how a congregation sometimes, you know, at least our congregation at my church, you know, they kind of mimic what we're doing. You know, if we start off a song clapping and we stop because now we're singing, they stop clapping. Sure. Um, yeah. So to kind of, you know, when they see a smaller band, they might think, oh, the sound is smaller, you know, their their volume might be lower, you know, their kind of engagement of of clapping, just being involved, you know, might kind of follow that same line. So just kind of talking to them and saying like, hey, you know, you're with us on this. Let's do this together, I think makes a huge difference. That's a good idea. And I think going along with that, there is a little more, I think when you have a stripped down sound, you kind of need to draw people in a little more. Uh, than when you have a full band. With, with a full band, a lot of times, all like this last week, I started off with Here I Am to Worship, and that was like the first song of the set. Yeah. But I would never do that, I don't think, with an acoustic band, because it's like you got to get them, get them connected and realize something's going on. And so usually that means a percussive kind of a song that sure. gets them clapping and gets them engaged. Yeah, and I know you end up often... Um at least in some of our services our, our full band can be really loud and and there's some value in like these scaled back services you can actually hear the congregation singing and i know a lot of people are encouraged by being able to hear not just what's coming out of the speakers but to hear those people that are surrounding them yeah as yeah, a worship leader it's great to hear that and just kind of knowing um 
knowing that, you know, the, these people that, you know, you're worshiping with are, are there with you doing it, you know, and you're not just singing at them, but they're, you know, singing with you to the Lord. It's, it makes all the difference. Yeah. I remember one of the first times we did one of the stripped down sets, the guy who led with me was another one of our worship leaders. And after the set, he said, wow, I could hear everyone singing. Didn't that sound so great? And it, it was true. It was like, you yeah. Oh, there are people out, and I don't know if they necessarily sung louder than before. There just wasn't so much noise. Yeah. I, I think it also gives us like the humbling experience as leaders to just remind us that it's not about us up there. Just because um, I remember one time when I was leading for chapel at my university, we did a stripped down set and we did from the inside out, and I butchered the beginning vocally. And like to the point where I stopped myself and I was like, I apologize, this was terrible. And then I started again and I just like, okay, you guys sing it. And they did. And it, and I think that's just one of the glories that we have is just like we have the ability to let them be involved, but they just need us to understand that and they need us to lead them into getting involved. Hmm. That's good. Well, cool. Thank you guys for chatting. Uh, I'm sure this will be a blessing to everybody that hears it. Um, if you're listening and you have any questions, be sure to head over to thechurchcollective.com and go to the show notes for this episode and uh, leave your questions there. I'm sure all four of us will be there actively waiting for you to leave a comment and respond to you and, and start the conversation there. But again, thanks, you guys, for the chat. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would do us a favor, head over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. It really helps us become visible over there. And please head over to thechurchcollective.com and get in touch with us. We want to connect with you. God bless you today.